one on a Monday, Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. In his spare time, Greg's hobby is finding knockoff Jimi Hendrix songs in the random song generator. What's this one, Greg? I'm calling this one Blue Haze. <laughs> Ian McIntyre, Sportsnet's very own, is going to join us in just a second here. Got some business to attend to. Halford and Bruff in the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet. The most trustworthy place on the planet, uh, Campbell-Pound.com. To the phone lines we go. He joins us every Monday on this show. It is Ian McIntyre here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, iMac. How are you? I'm doing well. Was your pronunciation of program an ode to England? Yes. And apparently everybody in Ontario, because that's how they say program in Ontario. Really? Program. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. I think Merrick does it the mostly, as I try and keep it in the Sportsnet right, family. Right, right before supper, yes. the program's on. <laughs> Well, if Merrick does it, it must be all right. You know what? Uh, what else people in Ontario say? A lot of them they say Detroit. Yes. Yeah, Bob. I've noticed that. Bob Cole would always Can't be confirm. Like, I say yeah. Detroit. Detroit. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. Here comes Detroit. In Calgary, I've noticed that one as well. We should really focus on the hockey. I just realized this right now as we as we break down everyone's pronunciation of various things. We do have some business to attend to here, and it's a two-game win streak for the Vancouver Canucks. That second win came on Friday night uh, against the Los Angeles Kings. And I noticed that you wrote about Curtis Lazar. That's appropriate because Jason mentioned him in the first segment today about what an impact he had, although he wasn't one of the three stars of the game. Uh, His return to the lineup, uh, very noteworthy, very energetic. And as Jason also pointed out, that was his first win as a Vancouver Canuck. It was. And uh, he was absolutely beaming about it post-game, and I didn't really have a chance to visit with him on Friday. So I thought I would catch up yesterday. And, and yeah, it means a lot to him. Uh, He also... He also said, though, every game is going to be special. Uh, that's, that's how much it means to him to, to play in his home province. And he, he told me how his parents and, and grandparents were able to drive from Vernon to the game. And especially with his, his grandparents being older, they haven't been able to see him play much uh, because he's been playing far away. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an ordeal to to get on the plane and go somewhere. So he really enjoyed that. It was, it was, I think, just uh, eating away at him the circumstances of his start to, to come out and play seven games, and he got hurt in game two against Philadelphia but kept playing another five after that. But to play seven games and get zero wins, and then you go out of the lineup because the doctors tell you, you, you need to take some time off and, and get this right. It's some kind of hand injury. I don't know specifically what it was. And, and then the team wins a few games. So he says, you know, it's in the back of your mind. Is it, is it you or is it, even though you know uh, logically you're not at fault, you're not single-handedly responsible for a seven-game losing streak at the start of the year that cast the team into crisis in, in October. But uh, it meant a lot to him to, to play and get a win and have family there. And, of course, we saw how he played. And if he can, if he can do that uh, every night, then he's, he's well worth that three-year contract that Canucks gave him in July. Okay, Imac, I've got a really tough question for you now. Excellent. Okay. I love those. All right. Brock Besser scored two goals against the Kings, and Thatcher Demko made 37 
saves. So both guys had really strong performances. Right. Who needed it the most? Oh, Demko. Demko needed it the most. Well, on a, are you asking me individually? Yeah, or individually, team? individually. I think Brock needed it more for his confidence because yeah. uh, Demko has kind of that goaltender armor that uh, we've seen all the top goalies in Vancouver have where even when things are not going well, uh, they find a way to, to channel and and maybe they tell themselves that things are going better than they really are. So I think I think that, that Brock, for his confidence, uh, probably needed that more, but from a team perspective, the Demco performance was was essential. You know, it's it's encouraging. It was encouraging because Demco is essential, and Brock's a really good player. Yeah. But they have other guys uh, who can score, and we've seen them score a lot of goals when Brock wasn't scoring. But they only have one Demco, and they don't have another starting goalie. So. Uh, Anything that's going to happen, however this season is going to, this adventure continues, uh, for it to be favorable for Vancouver, they need they need Thatcher Demko to play a lot better than he had in the first month of the season. So from a team standpoint, that was the single most encouraging part of that win, is that Thatcher Demko looked finally like the guy we've seen the last couple of years. So the Canucks are now six nine and three. They've had two, they've had a pair of two game winning streaks, and it's funny because both of them were similar. You remember the first one? They got their first win of the season down in Seattle. It was a five four decision, and most people were like, "Yeah, but you guys weren't that good." But then they returned home and beat Pittsburgh handily five one. Well, a similar situation is playing out now. Yeah. They got a win five four. In Buffalo, and a lot of people said, yeah, but you didn't play all that well. You nearly blew a three-goal lead in that one. Then they returned home, and they got a convincing win over a pretty good team in the Los Angeles Kings 4-1. to Now, going back to that first two-game win streak, they followed that up with a pretty miserable performance against a very uh, good New Jersey team. New Jersey dominated them at home 5-2, and everyone was kind of back to the negativity. Tonight, they get the Vegas Golden Knights, a pretty good team. The challenge, I suppose, is to avoid the New Jersey situation and chart a new path. Yes. Well, as Forrest Gump told us, life is a box of chocolates, and I cannot predict what's coming out of the chocolate box tonight uh, for the Canucks. You're right. that The, the pattern is eerily similar. Uh, I think, though, that even though the the Vegas Golden Knights are – a formidable opponent as as was New Jersey and and what <laughs> what the Devils have done since then have sort of reinforced just how good they actually are and were in that game against Vancouver but I think Vegas is a different style of team you know it's not as as much of a speed team that uh that New Jersey is Vegas has a little more of that I guess traditional NHL heft and and grit. So it's a different kind of opponent, but the the circumstances as as you point out Jason are are almost identical. Uh the the desperation level has to be higher now though, doesn't it? I mean even though even though the Canucks had just ended a seven or recently ended a seven game losing streak, 
when they tripped over their first two-game win streak. We're, what, almost a month farther into the season now. There's, there's, there wasn't much leeway then. You know, there wasn't much of a safety net then. There is no safety net now. You know, the Canucks are either going to uh, win the week, as, as Bruce Boudreaux likes to say, and they finally won a week last week, um, or, or it's over. And, and so, you know, they, hopefully they learned uh, from that last time and, and play a lot better tonight than they did against New Jersey. I, I kind of think they will. I'm not making any predictions, but I think it's, I think it's a better opponent for them. I think it's a better matchup for them than the Devils were. What did you make of Elliot Friedman's report that the Canucks and the Ottawa Senators had been talking about a trade, maybe Tyler Myers for Nikita Zaitsev? Yeah, I, I think, yeah. I, I, well, first of all, if Elliot's reporting it, I, I think it's I think it's pretty good information. And uh, I'm a, a little surprised, but not surprised because I think that uh, Patrick Alvine has talked to a lot of teams about a lot of players that the Canucks would like to shed salary on, and uh, I think that I think that it probably is workable if you if you really need to move Tyler Myers. I'm not sure how excited people would be to see Zaitsev instead of him, but. I think there's probably a, a market for Myers if you're willing to, reta- especially if you're willing to retain some some salary. So we'll we'll see where it goes. They've been talking to teams really all through the summer and and since the season started. This this isn't, uh, in my view, this isn't a boy. We've started badly, so let's change course. I think they've been talking to teams since the summer. Uh, about players like like Myers and Pearson, uh, OEL is is more complicated with his with his uh, no movement clause. Um, but I, I think they've you know as they've stated they've been trying to offload salary. I think they're still trying to do it. We're speaking to Sportsnet's Ian McIntyre here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, you know, Ian, Jason was at the game on Friday, and he was talking about the vibe in the building and everything. I couldn't help but notice that the Bruce there it is chance. They still come out every now and again. And I'm trying to remember another coach that's been this beloved in this market, despite the – especially this year. Obviously, Rick Lee. Yeah, right. I mean, the chance for Rick Lee are unforgettable, really. But, um, no, it, it is really interesting, and it, it creates a dynamic where – you know, everyone said it, it would be extremely difficult for them to dismiss the head coach because the head coach is that popular. Usually in NHL markets, they wait until the fans turn against them or start chanting for the job. But it's the other way around here. And even with, again, not a lot of success, very limited and a short run of success recently, a two-game win streak. But, you know, there's a real sense that the fans just love Bruce Boudreaux, rightfully so. He's a very likable yeah. character. But it does add such a, a dynamic layer to this conundrum of a team because, you know, if this week doesn't go well, let's put it hypothetically, and it could very well not go well given you're going Vegas, Colorado, Vegas, there's going to be another round of calls for looking at the head coach again. And I just wonder if the fans' undying support of Boudreaux will only further complicate this as we go along. 
Yeah, I don't. Well, to answer your question, no, there there hasn't been anything I think remotely like this in in the market. And I've covered the Canucks for a little more than half of their existence. Right. In the NHL, the the only coach like if you're doing a popularity contest, I mean Pat Quinn was beloved, but he was he was more beloved in after he left. Like people appreciated Quinn more. Right. Once he was gone, I think there was a lot of respect for him while he was here. But it, you know, that that was a frustrating team at times. You know, the the, the ninety team that went to the Cup in '94 underperformed in '93 and '92. There hasn't been anyone like Boudreaux. But I think I think it's two things. I, I think first of all, there's a little bit of Luongo-ish, uh, Luongo-ish, Luongo. There's something about Luongo in this situation with Boudreaux. You know, a guy who's kind of uh, in a difficult, been put in a difficult spot, and he's he's handling it with with humor and 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 grace, and uh, I think people people appreciate that. And I, I also think, on top of that, most people realize, you know, this isn't a coaching issue, right? You know, with the with right. the team that yeah. that. You know, Boudreaux didn't get a whole lot. Well, he didn't get a contract extension. He didn't get a whole lot of help. Got no help on defense. Uh, they added a couple of nice players up front, but you know, it's such a it's just such a strange uh, dynamic. You know, the way that the order that Boudreaux and Rutherford were hired, and the things that Rutherford have said, and and I think it's it, it obviously has put. Boudreaux in a difficult position, and yet he's kind of, you know, just rolling with it. You know, the on Friday night he came out, and just before he started the formal part of his media availability, he kind of muttered under his breath, "Well, live another day," <laughs> you know. And, yeah. and he's—I'm not sure how many coaches would be able to do that mm-hmm. in, in this situation. I think it speaks a lot to to Boudreaux's personality. I also think it speaks a lot to his experience, and I've made the point before that between them, Rutherford and Boudreaux have a hundred years, almost a hundred years of professional hockey experience. So if, if two guys are going are going to be able to survive an ex, an extraordinarily rare and uncomfortable situation, it might be it might be these two, but ultimately, Rutherford is probably going to be here longer. Well, it's a good point, right? Because, you know, you look at Boudreaux and the way that he's handled this situation. And I mean, Jason and I talked about we were very curious to see what he was going to say in response to the criticisms from his boss. And, you know, we said maybe if it was a younger or saltier or less savvy experienced veteran coach, they might have gone in a different direction. But Bruce just kind of shrugged it off and made a couple cracks under his breath and went about his business. Like he could have been well within his rights to say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to do a lot of the things that my boss wants me to do with the players that I have, but that's death as a coach. Right. But you know, at the same time, you do want to stick up for yourself a little bit, but he's found this way to deflect without really deflecting and laugh without really laughing. Cause it's not all that funny. But, right. And at the end of the day, it's work because the fans are still on his side. That could be a song lyric. To deflect without deflecting and laugh without laughing. Yeah, that, like yeah. That. That, that was very uh, poetic. Laugh yeah. without laughing. Yeah, it's all yeah, in the he, eyes, is it? Yeah. See, he didn't. He didn't say, for instance, he didn't say what Mike Keenan said right. when Brian when Brian Burke was the manager 
where I can only coach the players I'm given, yes. which I think was the direct quote from, from Mike Keenan, which is why, you know, uh, Keenan uh, pulled the goalie in Toronto with whatever it was, 12 minutes to go in the third period, because he was trying to emphasize that he had not a team with enough skill to actually score goals in a conventional manner and needed to pull the goalie with 12 minutes to go. So Bruce, Bruce didn't do that. Uh, I, I also think part of it, again, is, is Bruce's experience and his, and his confidence in himself. And we haven't seen, we haven't seen uh, during this crisis, we haven't seen him as coach do outrageous things. And maybe, maybe he could do more. You know, maybe he, well, I know he could do more, but maybe putting Stillman in the lineup is pretty outrageous. Yeah. Well, (laughs) taking Burroughs out, I think is the outrageous part for me. Not, not the Stillman part, but the Burroughs part of it. Sorry, I cut you you off there, but I wanted to make that joke. Yeah. He's kind of, uh, I hate the cliche stayed the course, but he's been what you want from your coach that he's sort of still trying to exude some confidence and show stability and an even keel and not be emotional about what has been going on. And I I think the players really appreciate that. It it would be nice because they do like playing for Bruce. It would be nice if they just played better for him. And that would, that would solve a lot of Bruce's problems. But in terms of like the dynamic and, and all the noise and, What's been going on? I, I have a hard time imagining that any coach would handle it better than than Boudreaux has. I'm at, this was great. Thanks a lot for doing this. As always, we really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll do this again next Monday. Uh, I will, and we didn't spend a minute talking about footy, so maybe that, next Monday. We're saving that for next Monday after Can- All right, after Canada's defeated Belgium and Croatia. We'll get you on the air. Canada's going to get a win. I don't oh, know okay, good. or how, but. That's that's my take. Beautiful. Love it. Thanks, IMAC. See you guys. Have a good week. You too. Thanks. That's Ian McIntyre from Sportsnet here on the Halford & Bro. You're glaring at me. <laughs> IMAC was brought to you by Grip Auto and Tire, quality service you can trust, and 14 locations to serve you. Now, I just wanted wanted to remind you that IMAC was brought to you by Grip I Auto that. and Tire. I'm I just for- trying to help you out here. I, well, no, You've got gl- a lot of reads on your plate right now. I'm glad that you did because I forgot that iMac was brought to us by Grip Auto See? and Tire. So I'm glad you picked that up. Uh, did you forget that we're coming to you live from the Kintech studio? Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider. Supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. We've mm-hmm. got a few minutes here, so we're going to go to the dogs. We're going to go to the dogs at what Laddie up, dogs? and A-Dog what up? What for up, dogs? Uh, uh, what we learned. I know Laddie has one. I don't know if Andy has one. You do have one? Okay, yes. we're going to start with Laddie, though, because um, his are always, I don't know, full of baseball or junior hockey or something. <laughs> well, my, Laddie, what have you learned? It's an emotional one today. They were celebrating the career of Alex Goligoski on the weekend. I don't know if you guys saw this. I did not. He played his 1,000th game recently, and they finally have a home game, so they were doing a big celebration for him. And wouldn't you know it, he scores the overtime win. <laughs> for the third time in his career, he's on the board, and they take they usher him to the bench. They do a little post-game interview, and he was he was feeling the emotions, you guys. Yeah, I know, I'm emotional right now. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been an awesome night. Uh, yeah, I have my family on the ice and so many people here. Sorry. It's, uh... 
Yeah, it was a very nice well, moment. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, he had a cool. really awesome uh, capper. To his, so uh, he had been game. scratched for 12, 12, of straight, 13. 12 straight games or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. He just, I, told, I forgot he was in the league, to he, be honest. Apparently, he was just, he, he, when he got to his stall after, he was just, he just lost it. He was just bawling, according to reporters. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, because uh, yeah, I, you know, I got to imagine sitting out for that long, you're kind of looking around and being like, is this it? Like, is yeah. it the end? Like, I'm not going to get back in. So it was nice that they were able to give him that. Good. What we learned, laddie. That was very emotional. Malkin had his 1000th game yesterday, too. And was that also the same night that they were honoring Marion Hossa in Chicago? Big night there. Did you yeah. see how they did the warm up in Pittsburgh? Yeah. With, with, uh, was that Malkin's weird warm up? Yeah. Thing? He does, he does yeah. like, I don't he does like 1980s it. aerobics. Yeah. It's the uh, big comfy couch clock dance for those people that grew up yeah. watching. Yeah. I the saw what? The big comfy couch. It's a children's program. Oh, okay. She does this dance with her legs up in the air and oh, spins okay. around. That's basically what it was. Right. Yeah. But they and he all... also had his kid come in and do the lineup. That was really nice. Gino's kid? Yeah. No, I did not see that part. And he started crying in his stall, too. A lot, oh, a lot of crying God. on the weekend. I don't know what's going on. Gino was crying? Yeah, when his kid came in to do the yeah, starting Ho- lineup. Yeah, Hosa was very emotional as well. God, everyone's crying? I uh, know. It was a great night. All right, give, <laughs> us, a mu- <laughs> give us a mookow on that. As I saw but uncontrollably Andy, in the studio. Andy, what have you learned? <laughs> oh, God, it's so beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is being reported by Daryl Davis, uh, re- semi-retired sports writer and Canadian uh, Football Hall of Fame inductee yeah. uh, from Saskatchewan. Oh, I know where you're going. Uh, and it made me laugh. It was very funny. Uh, we're hearing from observers that the vehicle carrying the Grey Cup was towed away from Mosaic Stadium for being parked illegally. It has reportedly been returned. I saw this. Yeah. So was that true, though? Like, I, as soon uh, as I saw that, I was like, I'm, no, yeah. I want to hear confirmation from other people, said, other reporters. No, yeah, apparently that it did happen. Really, it was brief. Like, it right. got towed away uh, by accident, and then like, uh, excuse me, that's got the gray cup in it, and they brought it right back. God, I love the CFL. Just the fact that it happened is is hilarious. So I remember when we were in Chicago for the 2015 Stanley Cup Final, Game Six against Tampa Bay. Uh, it's it's chaos to get to the United Center at the best of times. Mm-hmm. The traffic is a nightmare, but there was also like, remember it was a torrential downpour. Crazy, crazy, yeah. yeah. It was anyway. Um, this the Stanley Cup was stuck in transit for an incredibly long period of time, and they weren't sure it was going to get to the United Center in time for the Blackhawks to hoist. Like there was a real concern. I remember the press area is also filled with a bunch of NHL dignitaries and what have you. And they were all freaking out that the game was going to end. The Hawks were going to get ready to celebrate with the Stanley cup and the cup wasn't going to be there. So could you imagine the great, like if they didn't have the great cup yesterday, cause it was at like Monday's towing lot <laughs> across the street. I want to know what, who's leaving the car unattended with the great cup in it. Yeah, it's, fine. Like, what? it's just in the trunk. It's Regina. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's a friendly. It's, it's imagine the guy towing it. <laughs> imagine the guy towing it away. It looks like a trophy back there, Bill. Yeah. What kind of accent was that, Andy? Was this that Virginia Indian? Indian? Well, that was Virginia Indian. You know, Bill is a. How they talk Sounds like New it. Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> if it's an accent that I don't know, I'll just default. Sounds to New like Jersey. New Jersey with like a, a hint of Eastern European. What's going on here? Right now, the listeners laughing without laughing. Uh, <laughs> it's all in the eyes. Yeah, it's all I'm going to moo cow that. Moo cow, please. Okay. Uh, good job, dogs. Very good. What we learned. Let's go to break. We'll come back. We'll do humanoid. What we learned. Get yours in. What did you learn over the last seventy-two hours in sports? Hashtag it. WWL. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet six fifty. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. (laughs) 
831 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program. We are right in the midst of it. Brought to you by uh, Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet, campbell-pound.com today. I don't think Merrick actually says program. I think I, that was actually, I think it's Jay Onright that says it all the time. That is yeah. correct. I don't know where I got that from. Anyway, now there's someone in the text message in basket saying, you're wrong. I live in Ontario yeah. and I never hear anyone say that. So what I've done is I've just started replying, pulling various random yeah. Ontarian towns. It's a North Bay thing. Yeah. Well, I say some weird, th- you guys call me out on my Ontario accent a little bit. I feel Detroit? like. Detroit? Yeah. Yeah. I say, do you say what program? else? What else do we call you out on? Uh, I think the way I said bagel. Yeah, that's one people. Definitely, it's a, a bagel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bagel. Yeah. That's more of a Waterloo thing. Okay, bagel. I liked also the text we got saying that North Ontario is a whole other world. I forget it exists sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most well, so North Ontario away. town? The what? What? Thunder what Bay. Town? Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay is it's the most so far out there though. It doesn't. Yeah. What that, embodies that's the most North that's Ontario? Ontario? Isn't that more Western yeah, Ontario? Yeah. If you're looking for like a Southern Ontario experience, I want to maybe like. Brantford or something, yeah. but like what? What? Isn't what's... that where Gretzky was yeah. born? Yeah, yeah it is. Um, there was someone else that was born there too, wasn't it? Oh, it's it's no. Uh, there was someone else that was famous that was well, born. It's like twenty minutes south of Gretzky. So. It was Brent. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sure there's quite a few people yeah. from there, but it was their lesser known cousin, Randy Gretzky. <laughs> uh, Walter um, also. What was I? Forget. Oh, what's Mimico? <laughs> That's I've it always is part of Toronto, but it's yeah. a it's like a suburb. It's a suburb. Of, it's like okay. A, it's like. Okay. Oh. That's their marketing slogan, actually. It's a stop on the go train. Mimico. <laughs> what is it? Question. Go train. I love. It's been a while since I said the go train. Okay, fire up the. Dot oh, matrix. you know who it is one of my favorite ever comedians, Phil Hartman. Oh, the great, the yeah, Lionel Hutz. Because Gretzky was telling a story on the Smartless podcast Randy about Gretzky? the time. Please stop talking. Okay. About the time he hosted Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. and met Phil Hartman, and Phil was like, "You know, I'm from Brantford too," and you're kind of. <laughs> Kind of dominating the conversation about famous yeah. people from Brantford. That's right. This is before the Wikipedia. They took away the key to the city and gave it to you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. yeah. He's like, I don't the... no more. Say hello to Miguel Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> he used to lead the Wikipedia entry. Now he's second. All right. That's We're going to the listeners. Amazing. Jay in OK Falls. Speaking of podcasts, what we learned Jay was listening to an interview with Christine Sinclair over the weekend, and she mentioned that John Herdman fancies that's a very english way of putting it the newcastle coaching job how much longer can we expect to have herdman as the national team coach clearly he has made a massive impact on both the women's and men's programs yeah listen i think if canada performs well at this world cup and maybe even if they don't herdman's probably going to go for the money and get a pretty high profile job correct correct this has been out there after they qualified i remember i think it was the mirror you know, the the, the rag. From the, the Daily UK, Mirror. The Daily Mirror. Yeah. They had it that Herdman had drawn the interest of Burnley and Blackburn, both right. championship teams. Uh, Newcastle. Uh, okay. Newcastle. I think a lot of people fancy the Newcastle yeah, job right Newcastle's now. Newcastle's kind of in a stratosphere now where there's <laughs> Champions League aspirations and there's insane yeah. amounts of money. They got that live golf money. Well, they do. Pat Perez is actually going to start in <laughs> goal for them. Did you know that? It's a live golf joke. Uh, okay, focus here. The live golf crowd loved that one. Yeah, all of our live golf supporters that also follow Newcastle. We're, we're a niche show now. We're not. We're not 
catering to the casual listener. Um, that job is going to kind of goes to one of the heavyweights of world football. Like they need a marquee coach now. Next. Who is their manager right now? Uh, how Eddie Howe. Oh yeah. I'm uh, obviously a big Newcastle yeah, supporter. Um, so I think the next step is going to be, do you go out and get someone that's in the vein of Mourinho, Zidane, Pochettino, right. Klopp, like the, the, the mm-hmm. first name coaches, because Newcastle right now, Jason is in a champions league spot. Mm-hmm. They were almost relegated last year. Yeah, no, at I times, know. and but yeah. the Saudi money has vaulted them into the conversation with City, Liverpool. You know, I mean, not United. Who anymore, is their Arsenal. star player though? They haven't really. They've they've done a lot of signings, but have they done? I mean, Miguel Almiron, who they got from MLS, with but they had him before, ter- right? He's terrific. Yeah, uh, Callum Wilson, who's j- he came on today mm-hmm. for England as a substitute. I mean, take your pick. It's a very deep and talented squad. Nick Pope. Who's the like six foot eleven netminder? They call him the Pope of goaltending. Right, yeah. uh, Joe Bob. What we learned? I learned that I really want Chad Kelly to come to the Lions if Nathan Rourke heads south. Do, do you yeah. though? Do, do you? Yeah. Do you yeah. want Chad Kelly? Do you know his history? You sure about that? It's uh, checkered, as they say. I mean, that was a really gutsy performance yesterday. I give him full marks for it. For those that didn't watch the game, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, one of my favorite handles. Uh, he dislocated his thumb trying to throw deep late in the game. Kelly comes in off the bench cold. That scramble that he made was actually pretty impressive because uh, yeah. he did not slide. No, no. He took a gigantic hit to get the first down. Uh, that's kind of – so for those that don't know, Chad Kelly had a litany of uh, personal and at times legal issues during his brief uh, NFL campaign. He was also – co- And college campaign. Yeah. So he's, he's Jim Kelly's nephew. Mm-hmm. He was actually kind of part of Last Chance U, the Netflix documentary, right? Because he went to Scuba, and uh, but before the show aired there, but he was their first really big, prominent success story because he went from this really tiny community college to Ole Miss. He had a very famous year at Ole Miss, right? Yeah. I mean, he was he was a star there, and then had some aspirations to be a, an NFL quarterback. I think his last name got him in the door. Mm-hmm. To be quite honest, didn't work out. Came to the CFL. Um, he said it was a really trying year for him because I think he assumed he was going to go to Toronto and get a chance to start. Right. Didn't. And now people are kind of shoehorning him in to have a starting job somewhere else. I think that might be a bit too soon. It was a nice little moment he had yesterday, but there was a reason that he was not the starting quarterback for the Argonauts this year, right? Marcus and Gibson's what we learned. I learned that the Canucks are 5-1-1 one, and one with Sheldon Dries in the lineup. I think for the most part, Dries has been pretty good. He yep. had a nightmare of a game a couple of games ago when he was minus four on a line with uh, Besser and Hoaglander. That whole line was pretty dreadful. But Dries could actually have quite a few goals if he had finish. Yep. He's been uh, a part of the second unit power play, and he's had a lot of chances there. Um, I don't know if we should make much of the fact that they are 5-1-1. and one and one with him in the lineup. I don't but mind him as no, a player. No, I don't mind him either. He's um, not, the, the, the thing that holds him back is his size. He's yeah. not big for a center. Um, and <laughs> based on based on what I've seen this season, maybe his finishing at yeah. the NHL level which isn't it, what it needs to be. Which is, I mean, I, and there's lots of guys that have put up good numbers at the American League level. It just doesn't translate to the NHL level. And I think that's got a lot to do with the fact that you have to process and finish in tighter spaces quicker. I think he's the classic to. example of a top six guy in the AHL, yeah. but you don't want him in your top six in the NHL. So where does he go 
if you want to have kind of a bigger, tougher, grittier bottom See, six. Lazar is a good conversation in that context because when he brought, I mean, you got to remember, he was a 15th, 17th overall pick when he came in. Pretty prolific scorer in junior, and he had good American League numbers, if I'm not mistaken. But it became pretty obvious right away that if he was going to stick in the NHL, it wasn't going to be as a skill guy. Yeah. Like, Curtis Lazar was going to have to grind, right? And that's the interesting thing. When you talk about uh, buy-in and everyone understanding their roles, I think everyone automatically assumes that, like, for example, Yannick Hansen. Mm-hmm. Everyone assumes like Yannick Hansen was born a grinder, and then, <laughs> and then and then he's like, "Perfect, I get to do this in the national." No, when he was playing in Denmark and when he was playing junior, he was a prolific offensive player. Mm-hmm. All these guys are. That's how you get to the highest level of your sport. Is you have to be incredibly skillful and incredibly good to figure out that you have to do things that you didn't do on the way up. It can be a challenge, right? Not necessarily that you didn't do them, but that's your focus now. That's your primary focus. But it was, yeah. when BX has spelled it out in that speech, which is now kind of like almost in lore, to be honest, he said, hey, look, I mean, point blank, the, the guys that are, were our fourth liners, they took that fourth line job to the nth degree, right? Yeah. That, was their, that was their passion. That was their purpose. That was their role. To the point where your job description was be in the gym more than you normally were so mm-hmm. your body wouldn't break down because the things you're going to have to do are going to lead to more injuries and a more taxing style of play. I thought that was really Embrace insightful. your role. Yeah. But yeah. the reality is, is that a lot of guys growing up didn't envision getting to the highest level and then working out in the gym like a madman so you could <laughs> run around for nine minutes a night and hit people. Yeah. They didn't, right? Go win board battles. No one wanted to do that when they were 14, 15, 16. They were all scoring 90 goals a year. Colby and Chilliwack, what we learned, it took Demko 12 games to get his second win and have his first game with allowing fewer than three goals. First shutout projecting for season midpoint? There's got to be a better way to say that, Colby. But uh, listen, I, I, I was very encouraged by Thatcher Demko, especially in the third period. Yeah. Um, after he'd gotten lucky a little bit with some posts and crossbars, but he looked a little bit shaky early on. The goal he allowed wasn't a particularly good one. I didn't get a great view of it though, because again, I'm kind of a kind of a man of the people sitting up in the upper deck, so I yeah. didn't really I didn't really see that one too closely. And like a true man of the people, you barely mentioned it that you were hanging out with the people. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. He was I know. signing lots of autographs, you know, spending a lot of time with his fans. Can I sign your hard hat? <laughs> that a Regina accent? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like someone's from Regina. We got uh, what we. But learned, but I though. do. But I do think my point was uh, not that I'm an amazing person that appeals to all sorts of people. Focus now. Uh, my point was that I thought Thatcher Demko kind of dialed it in mm. and looked more and more comfortable as the game wore on. Uh, Laddie, of course, hates this sorts of analysis when I'm like, he looked more comfortable. It's pretty accurate. Uh, but he did, and I'm usually right. Did he play big? And he move, did play big. Did he I move well? I, I, I noticed that his movements were quite economical. Oh, God. I love Petty Goldie Guy. That's my favorite. Oh, did he move big? Now do reverse VH stuff. That's my favorite. He was out there. The he, listeners. He was out there cutting down the angles, which you got to do. <laughs> yeah. um, someone just texted in that Adam Godet's, or sorry, when is Toronto calling up goal per game? Adam Godet in the American League. You know, every time I think about Godet, I just I do really wonder what could have been if he got brought along in a different fashion. You know, like I just feel like I don't think. I don't think he was ever suited to play center. 
I never understood it. He just never. It always seemed like it was a, a, a too big of a task for him. Yeah. He seemed like what he was good at was scoring goals and shooting the puck. And I'm like, well, that should be what the, something a winger does, right? Mm-hmm. And he never really spent enough time in the American League to learn the craft of being a center. He's still only 26. Yeah, like he's I mean, but he's, he's kind of done now. Like he is what he is now, right? I mean, he's he's gonna toil around. He'll be a quad A player, right? Maybe Sheldon Dries, probably. Speaking of playing the wing over center, a lot of people rightly pointing out the Canucks are five one and one with Dries in the lineup because it usually means that J T. Miller is on the wing. J T. Miller's a winger. Can we I, all I, just? move? I think that's a great point. Yeah. When when Dries has been in the lineup, it's because they need another center. And now that usually means that, um, unless there are injuries, that usually means that there's an odd man out on the wing. And I think it's worth pointing out that Kuzmenko and Petey had the passing going yeah. again on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, that game where Kuzmenko got dropped, that's the, it, was, it was a blip because he went right back in. But, mm-hmm. I mean, for the most – Andy, you're a big Kuzmenko dog. I, I mean, am. It, I mean, I, again, you probably can't look at this super objectively because you love him so much, but... He's perfect in every way. Okay. <laughs> okay. Every uh, <laughs> way. But he's been... I mean, I, I would say he's been really good. Like, the returns yeah. on Kuzmenko overall totally. have been, mm-hmm. re- like, really positive. I'll be very upset, but also unsurprised if they don't re-sign him. Have you seen that uh, photo shoot that he did? Oh, my where God. He, it Adorable. Looks, it kind of looks like his kindergarten pictures, yes. but he's fully grown. Yeah. You know? He's, he's got this child inside him, which... <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be a better way to say that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What have I done? <laughs> oh, no. I'm canceled. And so is Kuzmenko, apparently. Um, man, I don't know how we turned from there. We should read another What We Learned. It has uh, nothing to do with Kuzmenko or children. Gary the Atheist, I learned that Michael Jordan's son is dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Awesome. So this was rumored earlier because I guess they'd been seen in public together, and then it, then I think the, the party line was, Oh, they're just good friends. I'm like, really? They're still that feels weird. Mm, Again, Michael Jordan's son, Marcus Jordan, is dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Not Scottie Pippen's Larsa Pippen da- daughter. Like it's not that it's his ex-wife. This is a this is now. A, did Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen ever have a bit of a like a, a rivalry within the team? They were always the best of friends. Oh, okay, right. they just gotcha. loved each other. Gotcha. They were like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, yeah, is, is this um, is this Michael Jordan sending his son on some sort of mission? You know what in that in the documentary right, where it's Marcus, like, and I took, what are you gonna do? He's like, and I took that personally. Like, it's we're seeing it play out in real time right now. Like, Michael Jordan took this person. What a competitor! Does this ex wife have some sort of financial stake over him that he can take advantage of? Okay, I so just to be know. clear, uh, I'm not gonna go through all of it, but if you want to go back and look at the chronology of Larsa Pippen and what's gone on since her and Scotty have divorced, there's a laundry list of stuff to get into there. But I'll just leave it at that. This also isn't. So Super new. This this came out in September, or October. I want to say, but apparently that texter just learned about it. Chayton and Surrey, what we learned. I learned Travis Kelsey is the second best tight end I have ever seen. Prime Gronk for Chayton is still the best. Yeah, great list, right? There's so many guys. So Kelsey many is Kelsey is so good. He he just owns the Chargers too. Yeah, um, it's a real short list of guys, and Kelsey's f- firmly in that conversation. Peak Gronk was pretty ridiculous because he was so physically imposing uh tony gonzalez antonio gates but my favorite was aaron hernandez oh. he's a good guy too no, you're canceled <laughs> why are we trying to cancel the show today it's monday we we've got like this world cup thing it's on Monday. get the rest of the week off of all the tight ends you could have chose um well he was pretty good <laughs> of all the tight ends you could have chose anyway uh point being kelsey 
is going to assault more of these records because there's no sign of either him or Mahomes slowing down. Yeah. And you've got to imagine at this stage of the game, assuming he can stay healthy, mm-hmm. that's going to be – it's funny because everyone said with losing Tyreek Hill that that was going to profoundly alter um, the Kansas City passing game and what they were able to do. But I think as time has gone along, we've realized that Kelsey is a more – I don't know what the exact right word is, more trusted weapon or more familiar weapon yeah. in that offense. Like Tyreek Hill's unbelievable. Don't get me wrong. But I think maybe they found some guys that could do what Tyreek Hill could do, smaller guys that are fast and less guys that could replicate the chemistry between Kelsey and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it play out in real time. They're good for two or three touchdowns a game, it feels like. Scott, with a what we learned, blue-collar bruff is our lucky charm. Time to slum it in the 300s for the remainder of the home games. Unfortunately... It was a one-shot deal. I will not be at the game tonight. I'll be watching uh, the Canucks host Vegas from my usual spot in the back of the limousine. (laughs) The blue collar is off. He won't be on his perch looking like a gargoyle overlooking the civilians below him. Mm. That's it. It was a one-shot deal. Yeah, He's back to to the limousine. You guys all work so hard. (laughs) Nine to five. Get away from my limousine. Uh, Basketball Phil, hashtag WWL, what we learned. It's Apple Cup week. Hey, it's actually a decent game, eh? Uh, UW's nine and two, Washington State's seven and four. Um, <laughs> Phil has a, a very unfortunate typo, which makes it hard to read. The Huskies still have an outside shot. <laughs> <laughs> the word is shot, Phil, at getting into the Pac-12 championship game. Go Huskies! How much? I know you, you're more of the UW guy than I. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I had a brief dalliance with the, with the Cougs when we went down to Pullman. Mm-hmm. What a city! But uh, love those Cougs. Yeah, but uh, nine and two UW going into the Apple Cup, and I guess they have an outside shot of the Pac-12 championship. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty slim though. Okay. Um, it's gonna be a tough, tough match against uh, Washington State because Wazoo has four losses, but I think they're all pretty tight. USC, I think, mm-hmm. it has booked a, a spot in the Pac-12 championship, so you're just looking for right. the other team. The Huskies are gonna go to an impressive bowl. Regardless, they're not going to be in the uh, college football playoffs, obviously. But right. uh, yeah, it's been a it's it's been a surprisingly, I would say, surprisingly successful season. They have not lost at Husky Stadium. They're seven and zero there. Uh, Tyler, with a what we learned hashtag WWL this week starts Bruff's most recent sports affair, but this time it's with soccer and Team Canada. Uh, this is different from some of the affairs you've had in the past. This one, has my most little- famous affair, of course, came in 2010-11 when I had an affair with the Boston Bruins and we were just starting out there with the with the curtain block show and, and we would talk about, you know who I like watching? I like watching the Bruins. Like yeah. and they had Lucic there at the time and he was, you know, still a fan favorite in Vancouver. Yeah, that whole and, thing and it was kind of like I was like, Yeah, I just really like watching them play. Like how how could this affair possibly ever go wrong? And then my mistress and my wife showed up to the same Stanley Cup final. I couldn't believe it. It was terrible. It was tough. And my mistress ended up ended up winning. Your most recent one and was I got with, divorced. Yeah. <laughs> Your most recent one was with the uh 2019 St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I but, but that was kind of related to yeah. 2011 cuz I went to St. Louis to cheer on the Blues against those Bruins. And I was there of course for that game where the Blues got absolutely blown out yep. by the Bruins. It was the first St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup home game since all those years they went to the Stanley Cup final uh, right out of expansion. Yeah. So everyone was really excited. And then uh, 
I felt like a I felt like a jinx. I'll be honest with you. I felt like a bit of a jinx there. Uh, Matt and Abby, hashtag WWO, what we learned. Christmas is in full effect for those who have gone to any grocery store or mall. Uh, are your is your stuff up? Have you decorated already? Uh, no, our rule is it's on American Thanksgiving. We do. Oh it. right, you mentioned that before. Yeah, I, I usually wait till after my birthday. So. Oh t- yeah, right. Today's your birthday. That's Did right. you know that? It's Laddie's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, buddy! Thank you. Guys. How old are you? Thirty-two. How old are you in human years? Not old enough to know eighties and seventies movies. That's all you need to know. That you know, game. I got, I got a lot of feedback. Yeah, on that. my neighbor was like. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe. Uh, couldn't that we believe did it that you air. didn't know some of them at least. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I couldn't to believe be you fair, though, Bruff's choice of '80s movies. <laughs> like it's not like he was running the gamut of the famous films of the '80s. He was specifically oh, no. going down the aisle of not even comedy. Okay, we had Mojo raunchy comedy. No, no, no. That's, well, that's all they were in the that's '80s. That's what he was going for. Yeah, Every comedy was a raunchy so, comedy. So we had Mojo right after that segment, and we asked. He hadn't asked us anything. What's your favorite '80s movies? He named he he name dropped two of them. Yeah, Moj never names drop, but he, he two of them on that top ten well, list he, that I came up with. Trading Places, which I'm sure you guys didn't even know about, no, but he also mentioned Beverly Hills Cop. I like Rick. Like, Rick, like Rick, how Rick. how how could you think that those like were, did you think they were they were not popular movies? There was oh no, Beverly Hills Cop was I think Animal one of House, the biggest films of that year, if not the yeah, biggest. Revenge actually. of the Nerds. Police Academy. These are all like 52? famous movies. For sure. Mm. Of a very specific genre. But that's what I said I was going to do. And then there were two TV shows, Cheers, which you guys didn't get, even sure. though the fact no, that- No, I got Cheers. I got Cheers. You didn't get Eddie LeBeck. There's no way you okay, got Okay, well, I got LeBeck. it eventually after See, like th- six To be hints. fair, though, not so good with the names, but once you gave the hint, I was fine. I gave you the hint about the famous sitcom in a bar. Yeah, and then I said that's Cheers. A, oh, my God. <laughs> and then I said Cheers. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we might do that again. I got, I got the Cheers one. Yeah. My birthday would trigger rough this bad. I'm just not good with character names. That's all. Uh, Nav from Poco. What we learned: the Cowboys are the real deal. Yeah, they are, for sure. If Dak uh, game shows up and and plays well, and he played really well in that game, that defense is, you know, for me in the NFC. And sorry, Eagles fans, if you're if you're listening, and you guys are always so enjoyable. Anyway. Yeah. I think it's the Niners or the Cowboys. Niners or Cowboys? Yeah, I think those are the best two teams in the NFC. I'm not sold on the Niners just because of the record right now. Like, And I don't think it's going to be super easy to get where they want to go because they had such a tough start to the first half yeah. of the year. Like, They're barely a 500 team right now. Um, I'll change my tune if they lose to Arizona tonight. <laughs> that was quick. It took one day. Um, well, no, but, losing to Arizona would do that, right? I think, um, I think you're probably... Not wrong. Um, I do think I think Philly's better than you think that they are, but maybe not by a ton. Uh, I, d- I do like Jalen Hurts a lot. I, he's how many rushing touchdowns does that guy have? He's he's up there with top rushing quarterbacks. I think I saw a stat where he was in the neighborhood of you know Cam Newton's number yeah. of rushing touchdowns, and it was the stat of their first three years in the league. Did you know Justin Fields is starting to do that too in Chicago? He looks he looks good. Yeah, he yeah. Look, he's showing signs. Yeah. So, okay, we are right up against it for time here. Uh once again, thank you everybody for listening. And to all of you who have got tickets to any of the various World Cup games that are going to be at the Hollywood Theater over the next month, uh thanks for investing your time and effort. We hope to see you out at the Hollywood beginning on Wednesday. We're going to be there. Canada, Belgium, 11 o'clock kickoff. Canada's first World Cup game in 36 years. Uh, go check out the Hollywood Theater. 
really every day this week. They've got World Cup matches starting right bright and early, 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, it's a really cool venue, and we hope that we can fill it as many times as possible over the next month. But for now, we got to go. We will be back tomorrow. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. Happy birthday, Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.